everyone has trouble sleeping once in a while. Maybe you had too much caffeine, or you got a huge project due, or you just have some worries on your mind. But if you're struggling with more than a few sleepless nights, or more than a few sleepless hours each night, this episode is for you. Hi, I'm Dr. Shabnam Daskar. I'm a functional medicine doctor and a certified tiny habits coach. I teach people how to improve their focus, get rid of brain fog, and reduce their risk of dementia. I'm Andrea Spiros. I'm a professional speaker and a Tiny Habits certified coach as well. And I work with organizations to harness the power of high-powered habits to increase engagement, resilience, and well-being. So when we're talking about uh, sleep today, we're really talking about chronic insomnia, and uh, one particular solution, CBTI, or Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia. But before we do that, let's clarify the difference between just not prioritizing sleep and chronic insomnia, and why is that important? Andrea, that is one of the most important questions and one of the most important things that people often miss out. So we've talked about uh, people who don't prioritize their sleep in other episodes. So you are someone who thinks that you're only going to sleep when you die, that kind of thing, versus there are a lot of people who, despite having all the opportunity to sleep, they either have a problem falling asleep or a problem staying asleep. And, you know, in, in medicine, we like definitions. So by definition, it should Number one, impact your activity the next day. And more importantly, it should be for longer than three months. And there are other variations. You should be facing this problem for at least two to three times a week. So problem falling asleep, problem staying asleep. But the part that I don't completely agree with is where, you know, you and I have talked about this before about how it affects your uh, day the next day, your your work, how you feel. Now, Andrea, you and I know a lot of people who are high performers who can sort of barrel through the next day, even if they don't sleep. I know exactly. I'm one of them and you are probably one of them. Exactly, yes. So basically, if you think, you know, this is to, to our listeners, if you think that you are you have struggled falling asleep, staying asleep, and it does bother you. Like I have not met anyone who does not get affected by not sleeping well, even if it is for one night. Yes. And, uh, you know, you've realized that you want to improve your sleep. It's very important to know the difference between, so that is chronic insomnia. And the other one is acute insomnia. Now, acute insomnia is, let us say, you have a very stressful life time in your life. You know, you're taking care of a loved one who's not well or a pet who's not well or so many other things. And for a short, you have a very, you know, a lot of stress in your life and you are unable to sleep for some time. That is acute insomnia. So acute insomnia, chronic insomnia and people who don't prioritize sleep. And then the other world of sleep disorders, we are not going there. So acute insomnia can be helped by sleep medications, but chronic insomnia will not be helped by sleep medications or all those wonderful sleep hygiene things we talk about, about you know, stopping caffeine early in the day, you know, daylight exposure and exercise in the morning, don't exercise in the evening. 
Late night meal can also impact people with chronic insomnia, but all those, you know, chamomile tea and drink, I don't know, gazillion cups of chamomile tea, that is not really going to help someone with chronic insomnia. And, you know, Andrea, as someone who had chronic insomnia, you end up feeling like, is there something really wrong with me? I'm doing all this stuff about you know, daylight exposure and not... Uh, you know, blue light, ex reducing blue light exposure and do this, do that, take supplements, but it's still not helping my insomnia. So there must be something wrong with me. <laughs> and that is very common. And so with this episode, what we really want to say is if that is you, if you have taken all the basic steps to shift to get a better night's sleep, or if you've just taken more than a few of those steps and you are still not getting the sleep you need, you may have chronic insomnia, especially if you know, hey, my life is fine. I don't have any big issues with my kid or my family or my work or my pets. I don't have anything that should be, you know, that is acute in this. We're going to help you with that today. So we don't want you to feel like I did all these things and they don't work because you might be in a different category of chronic insomnia. And also, I think if you are powering through day after day after day after day, knowing you did not get a good night's sleep, that may be you as well, um, because that is a sign for high achievers that you're overcoming this lack of sleep to perform. It doesn't mean you're not suffering from chronic insomnia. So, you know, Shabnam, why don't you share your story? Um, because of all people, you know, you, you're a functional medicine doctor, you were trying to walk your talk and, and share a little bit more about um, how you came came around this and came to CBTI, cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia in the first place. Uh, Andrea, as they say, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Yes. So, <laughs> I, I had chronic insomnia for a long time and I would talk to my colleague who's also a functional medicine doctor. And I said, you know, why can't I, you know, fix my sleep? Like I'm on hormone therapy. Now, just as a, a, an aside, a lot of women in the menopausal transition. So even if you are still getting irregular cycles, you've not had, you've not gone through. So menopause by definition is 12 months of no cycles, but you have not, you're not there yet. You still get cycles once in a while. So that is the period of menopausal transition. So that can be eight to 10 years before menopause. And in that period, because of various reasons, and one of the main ones is, of course, hormonal abnormalities, a lot of women have insomnia. In fact, studies have shown 60 to 70% of women in this time of their life go through insomnia. And sometimes it's a very difficult time for many people because on one hand, they have reached, maybe if they are working, they have reached a certain point in their career where they have more responsibilities. Uh, then the other, on the other hand, they have young adult kids or teenagers, so they're taking care of them. And at the same time, they also have, uh, you know, older parents they are taking care of. So, so many different things. And then in the middle of all this, you know, chronic insomnia adds to the perfect storm. But going back to my story, so I thought, okay, I'm on hormones, I'm taking melatonin, magnesium, the usual ones, and we'll talk about, you know, sleep supplements on another episode. 
And I tried 5-HTP, I tried Valerian root, and I'm saying, none of them work for me. Like, what's wrong? And I was telling my colleague, I said, if I can't fix my own sleep, how do I expect to fix my patient's sleep? You know? So I used to give them the usual you know, sleep hygiene. Are you doing blah, 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 blah? You know, finish your caffeine in the morning. And are you exercising? Now, Andrea, if you go through that list, very often you'll find that not everyone checks all those boxes. For sure, for sure. And 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 nor do you have to check all those boxes. No. Start with the ones that you want to do, that you can get yourself to do, that you think are going to have impact. Um, but it sounds like you literally checked off all those boxes. Yes. And then I decided, no, the usual manner in which, you know, most of us solve problems is we get into the research mode. So I said, okay, what does the medical literature say? What is the solution for chronic insomnia? And there it was, cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia, CBTI. So CBTI is a non-drug therapy. It's a non-drug treatment. And before that, you know, a friend of mine had given me a book. But as I say, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So the teacher had appeared earlier, but I... You were not ready. The book, I'm going to guess the book just sat there. So I read the book. Then I thought, oh, I'm not the type of person who will read the book and go through, you know, the sleep diary and then, you know, review the diary in the morning the next day and make a few changes. So anyway, I'm not going to make any sense because unless you know what is CBTI, and I'll talk about that. So basically, that was my journey. So after I start, so I decided, okay, I should become a CBTI coach because once I solve my problem, I should be able to help my patients as well. So right. I uh, learned to become a coach, but of course, I didn't um, go through the final exam, so I can't call call myself a CBTI coach. But that was, you know, it it was really a major, major change in my life because for the first time in my life, Andrea, I knew I could sleep better. And I knew I had all the tools that could, you know, if I have a problem with sleeping later on, even today, I know, oh, it's not a big deal. I have to just do this, 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 and I will go back to sleeping well. And, and it's I very that- empowering, very empowering. And I think that is one of the biggest challenges when people can't sleep and can't get back to sleep is they feel disempowered and they feel helpless and powerless. Oh, and, and that can lead to frustration. Absolutely. And Andrea, can, I mean, I was I used to always tell myself, I'm supposed to be a I'm functional medicine doctor. I should I should have better solutions. But Andrea, maybe you'll tell you can tell us a little bit more about how in the tiny habits world, based on BJ's research, one of the things that has come up repeatedly is how people feel different. Well, it's they- not it, and it's not just that they feel different inside, like, oh, I, I did that. I feel good about it. It's that they actually have a shift of identity. And you said it earlier here, you, you your identity was as a person who couldn't sleep at night. They could, and, and maybe as, as a person who wasn't walking their talk, right? Here you are a functional yeah. medicine doctor. You should be able to sleep and all of your tools aren't working. That was your identity. And now your new identity is one of someone who can sleep well and someone who can help other people with more of their sleep challenges. And that's the type of shift just from using the tiny habits method in applying some of the strategies, whether you're applying CBTI like we're talking about now, or whether you're applying some of the strategies from our previous episodes. Even just applying one, we see this all the time in the five-day program, which 
there'll be a link in the show notes to join that. We see that even after five days of doing three tiny habit recipes, they start to say things like, I now see myself as a person who can change. I now see myself as the type of person who can do the things I want to do. And you were saying things like, oh, now I see that I'm the type of person who can sleep. So that's a full identity shift just from using the tiny habits method and applying it to something that you want to do. Yeah. So basically, I'm just going to explain a little bit about the CBTI method because this was one of my frustrations, Andrea. People talk about CBTI. What is CBTI? Like, you know. Exactly. It's great. It's got a great name. It sounds it sounds very promising, but let's talk a little bit more about what it is. So basically, chronic insomnia is sort of perpetuated. Usually, most of the time, chronic insomnia starts with an acute insomnia. Sometimes it can be because of a stressful period in your life. But those habits that we may think are very you know, important to get a good night's sleep, and I'll talk about some of the common ones that people with chronic insomnia do, uh, those are the habits that actually get in the way of getting good sleep. So one of the first things, uh, Andrea, I used to do that regularly is just go to bed because it's a certain hour. So let us say I have decided that 10.30 p.m. It was actually 10 p.m. back then. 10 p.m. <laughs> is my bedtime. I will go to bed regardless of whether I feel sleepy. That was my, I had that too. And it was, <laughs> said, I said, wow, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm awake in the night and, and I'm, I'm going to bed at a time that will allow me to get, you know, eight hours of sleep. And you literally said, are you tired? And I said, well, no. And you said, why don't you try going to sleep when you're actually tired? And that's what I did. So, yeah. So, so you number did one common mistake too. Yeah. Number one thing is in the CBTI. So in the program, it's a six week program and it's a structured thing. So it's not like you start with this today and that tomorrow. And once you go through the program uh, and of course it takes some time and it takes some effort from your side. It's like anything that involves behavior. It's not, it's not like a, like a pill. You just take it and you're, you're good. So one of the things is don't go to bed until you're sleepy. And initially for on the CBTI program, sometimes I realized I wasn't going to bed until well past midnight. And for me to get used to the discomfort, like I used to tell myself, I'm someone who goes to bed at 10 and and then stay awake in bed reading for two hours. (laughs) I never thought of that. So there is something called sleep efficiency. And on a CBTI program, you'll get to know about all of these and how you calculate and do all that stuff. So here was I, I, you know, 10 o'clock, I have to go to bed. And if I don't go to bed at 10, I'm like in a in a sort of stressed situation. I won't get good sleep. And next, I'm wide awake in bed. So another important thing is when you're going through a CBTI program, if you if you live all by yourself, it's a different story. You don't have to explain it to anyone. But if you live with other, like I had to tell my husband, I said, First day, he said, what's wrong with you? You're not in bed until midnight. (laughs) So you have to tell your family, I am doing this. Don't be surprised if you find me doing this. The next thing is like I was telling you about reading in bed. So what happens with chronic insomnia is the brain starts associating wakefulness with the bed. But you want your brain to think that bed is a place to sleep. And, you know, for intimacy, but sleep should be associated with the bed by your brain. But if you are wide awake, reading in bed, then the brain gets the wrong message. 
the brain thinks, oh, okay, she just wants to stay awake, so I'll keep her awake. <laughs> interesting, interesting. And another technique in the CBTI method is, you know, if you are awake for, you know, longer than 20 to 30 minutes, then don't stay in bed, get out of bed and do something, maybe read a book. Now, don't read a book that will get you thinking and cross checking cross references. I <laughs> used to use all the, the fiction reading that I had, you know, which didn't involve a lot of thinking for me. Right. And it's you know, something a little lighter on the brain. Yeah. So some people also, you know, they, they do some hobbies. Maybe they take up, they knit at that time and then come back to bed only when you are like feeling sleepy, not because it's a certain, don't look at the clock. That is again, very important. So these were things. And I had to tell my husband, I said, don't get, don't be afraid if you suddenly find me leaving the bed at night <laughs> and coming back later. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and that's a, that's an important to have a communication with your partner. If you have a partner say like, I'm working on a new program because yeah. I want to get a good night's sleep. My aim is to not only be, you know, asleep for me and get good sleep for me, but also it will enhance our relationship too, because then likely that, you know, you, you can, uh, stay in bed all night. Yeah. So these are just two of the techniques I talked about, but there are a lot more once you do the course. And if you are someone who likes to read the book and then do the course, that's up to you. You can do that as well. And there are online programs too. So there are many different solutions for, for this problem. And why haven't, is this now just coming to popularity or, or why, why don't more people know about this? That's a that's a very good question, uh, Andrea. In fact, that was the question I asked when I got to know of CBTI. How come I didn't know about it before? <laughs> you know? yeah. and, and again, when I looked at the guidelines, so if you look at any medical guideline, and I'll post links, and the first solution for chronic insomnia is always recommended as CBTI. In fact, even in acute insomnia, people, the recommendation is, along with medications, you should also start CBTI. So medications are for short term only. Now, I don't want to get into all the, you know, the problems with medications, because if I know a lot of people who are taking medicines for chronic insomnia, it's not helping the chronic insomnia. And I don't want them to feel bad, but there are ways to deprescribe the medications uh, on the CBTI program. You can do that. But going back to why people don't know about CBTI as much. So CBTI is usually delivered by a psychologist or uh, nowadays we have CBTI coaches. Now, six week sessions, so six sessions with a psychologist, very often insurance does not cover those all the sessions. So it costs money. Next is, you know, in I know in Canada, like if, if a psychologist decides, OK, I'm going to just you know, charge them less. They can't do that because they have to charge a certain amount to be in the register. So obviously the cost becomes restrictive, like six to $900, $800 for a treatment if insurance doesn't cover it. That's not a small amount. It's not accessible to many people. No, really. it's not accessible to many people. Then comes, you know, uh, so that was going on for a long time. People who in the sleep world knew about CBTI, they would recommend it. But if it is not accessible for most people, and I know, uh, Andrea, because my medical practice is mostly in India. In India, I had never heard of CBTI. And even today, I when I've asked around, there aren't uh, people trained in CBTI who are delivering this for chronic insomnia. 
But the good news is that we have online programs now. So the different ways of doing it is if you are someone, you know, and I don't want anyone to feel bad that, okay, I, I can't do a, read a book and do it. So I'm bad. I'm a bad person. No, it, it's it, not no, for everybody. It's not no. for everybody. Sometimes we all need a little more help. There are some people who are great self-starters that can continue, that can take a book and do it and they don't need any help or take an online program and don't need any help. There are other people, most of the population that don't make it through. I mean, the online course finish rate is abysmal. So if you're not finishing something or if you're just not feeling success just from a book, don't worry about it. You're not alone in that. Yeah. So then maybe you might need a coach to help you and give you a more personalized uh, you know, approach. So either, and I'll post links to one of the uh, pro programs online, which is like, I think it's less than $100 US. So this is a sleep doctor uh, he, in the US. He has a program called Insomnia Solved. I'll post a link to that. And then you can also search for a whole lot of other programs that are available. There are a whole bunch of books. But again, Andrea, like I said, I am not the type of person who will sit with a workbook, you know, <laughs> write down stuff, then do the calculations. And it's good It's good to know where you are. I mean, it's, yeah. it, we're human here. Right. Just because you're a functional medicine specialist and, and I speak on habits and behavior change doesn't mean we get it perfect all the time. We are aware of our limits and it's good for you, the listener, to also be aware of your limits. I want to circle back to uh, clarify on sleep meds. So uh, what you're saying is if you're taking sleep meds, first of all, and they're working, fantastic. Do what you need to do. If you're taking them and they're not working, then you may want to consider CBTI, but also what I heard you say is don't just go off those meds. Can or can people stop their meds when they're in CBTI? Yes, they can. So sleep meds, you know, one of the things is number one, sleep meds are not meant for chronic insomnia. That is not the solution. It's only for acute insomnia that they work. And most of these sleep meds, they have what is called a black box warning. So they are not meant for long-term use. But Andrea, believe it or not, this, I meet so many people, patients of mine, who are on these medications for years. Really? And, yeah. And it doesn't help them, but they are afraid of stopping them because they feel that they, their sleep is going to get even worse. Right. So it's like a psychological dependence more than uh, actual dependence. But the CBTI program actually has a very structured way of de-prescribing medications. Now, first of all, most importantly, you need to find out why you are on a particular medication because some of those medications are also used for other psychiatric conditions. And maybe your doctor has given that to you not for sleep, but for something else. So first and foremost, you need to find out from your doctor why you are on a particular medication if you don't know. So Andrea, I have patients who sometimes don't know what, what a particular medication is for. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and that is one of the first questions you should ask your doctor. Doctor, can you remind me why am I on this? Yes, yeah. <laughs> so that is number one. So yes, you can uh, stop your medications, but that is not like you don't stop cold turkey. There is a process where you reduce by half and then you reduce. It's a very structured process. It's not like... There is a framework for it. And Andrea, you and I, in the tiny habits world, we love frameworks. We love a good framework. And also we want we want you to be safe. So yeah. whatever medication, 
get the advice of your trusted medical professional. Uh, if you're using CBTI and you want to get off your medication, they've got some suggestions in there, but first definitely check with your medical professional. Yeah. And the other important thing is uh, not all medical professionals may know about CBTI. So if, if they are not very supportive of it, you know, I mean, don't feel disappointed or you know, discouraged because if they don't know about it, they won't recommend it. So that is my point. And I was one of those people until I solved my own problem. I didn't know about CBTI. <laughs> right. And, and now if you're listening, now you do. So before we wrap, final thoughts on chronic insomnia and CBTI. Number one is it is solvable. And it is not a personal shortcoming if, you know, stopping caffeine early in the day, exercising in the morning, having a cold bath at night, if those techniques, which we call sleep hygiene techniques, if those are not helping you, look for some and find a way that that works best for you, whether it's an app, whether it's an online program with a coach, whether it's a book, or you need a psychologist guiding you step by step, figure out what works best for you. and. It is solvable. And more importantly, there will there may be times later on in your life where once you have you're sleeping well, it's not like it's a permanent fix forever and you're never ever going to get insomnia. No, I I had insomnia during you know COVID. There was, you know, life was different then. And I realized, okay, I know now what to do. If I'm wide awake, I'm not going to lie in bed <laughs> counting sheep, you know, or read. And I'm going to get out of bed. So you, once you know these skills, these are not like, you know, these are not things that you cannot apply time and time again. So very important to know that. And uh, CBTI is something I would definitely ask all of you to explore if you have chronic insomnia. Beautiful. So uh, we hope you'll explore CBTI. Check out the information in the show notes to support you if you have chronic insomnia or if you know someone who does. Uh, if you're enjoying this podcast, please like and subscribe. You can uh, find all the podcasts at drcarmd.com slash podcast. That's drcarmd.com slash podcast. Cheers, everyone. Bye now.